Dr. Baliga here. This podcast is on the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine, which was just approved two days ago. We are in the middle of a pandemic, and one must remember, whenever the FDA weighs the benefits and risks, it believes that its approval for this vaccine is because the benefits outweigh the risks. Clinical considerations are based on information submitted to the FDA for the emergency use authorization of the vaccine. So it must be remembered that this should, could be updated as further information is available. And uh, the package insert should be referred to when using the vaccine. How does one administer the vaccine? It's a two-dose series administered intramuscularly three weeks apart. Administration of the second dose within the four-day grace period, example date 17 to 21, is considered valid. If greater than 21 days since the first dose, the second dose should be administered at the earliest opportunity, but no doses need to be repeated. It must be remembered that both both doses are necessary for protection. Efficacy of a single dose has not been systematically evaluated. Interchangeability with other COVID-19 vaccines. The Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine is not interchangeable with other COVID-19 vaccine products. The safety and efficacy of a mixed series has not been studied. Persons initiating series with Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine should complete the two-dose series with the same product. If two doses of different mRNA COVID-19 vaccine products are inadvertently administered, no additional doses of either vaccine is recommended at this time. Recommendations may be updated as more information becomes available or additional types of vaccine are authorized. What about co-administering the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine with other vaccines? Currently, the FDA recommends it should be administered alone with a minimum interval of 14 days before or after administration of any other vaccines because of a lack of data on safety and efficacy of the vaccine administered simultaneously with other vaccines. If the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine is inadvertently administered within 14 days of another vaccine, doses do not need to be repeated for either vaccine. What about vaccinating persons with a history of SARS-CoV-2 infection? The FDA recommends the vaccination should be offered to persons regardless of history of prior symptomatic or asymptomatic SARS-CoV-2 infection. Data from phase two and three clinical trials suggest that the vaccine is safe and likely efficacious in these persons. Viral or serologic testing for acute or prior infection respectively is not recommended for the purpose of vaccine decision making. In persons with known current SARS-CoV-2 virus infection, vaccination should be deferred until recovery from acute illness that is, if patients have symptoms, and the criteria have been met for discontinuing isolation. There's no minimum interval between infection and vaccination. However, 
The current evidence suggests that reinfection is uncommon in 90 days after initial infection, and thus persons with documented acute infection in the preceding 90 days may defer vaccination until the end of this period if they desire. What about persons who have previously received passive antibody therapy for COVID-19? Currently, there's no data on safety and efficacy of COVID-19 vaccine in persons who receive monoclonal antibodies or convalescent plasma as a part of COVID-19 therapy. Vaccination should be deferred for at least 90 days to avoid interference of the treatment with vaccine-induced immune responses. Based on estimated half-life of therapies and evidence suggesting reinfection is uncommon within 90 days of initial infection. What about persons with a known SARS-CoV-2 exposure? For example, in a community or outpatient set, setting, defer vaccination until quarantine period has ended to avoid exposing healthcare personnel or other persons during a vaccination visit. What about residents of, of congregate healthcare settings such as long-term care facilities? They may be vaccinated as likely this would not result in additional exposure. Healthcare personnel are already in close contact with residents and should em employ appropriate infection prevention and control procedures. What about residents of other congregate settings such as correctional facilities and homeless shelters? These patients may be vaccinated in order to avoid delays and missed opportunities for vaccination. Where feasible, Precautions should be taken to limit mixing of these individuals with other residents or non-essential staff. Vaccinating patients with underlying medical conditions. Vaccine may be administered to persons with underlying medic medical conditions who have no contraindications to vaccination. Phase 2 and 3 clinical trials demonstrate similar safety and efficacy profiles in persons with underlying medical conditions, including those that place them at increased risk for severe COVID-19 compared to persons with comorbidities. The next question is, what about vaccinating immunocompromised patients? Persons with HIV infection or other immunocompromising conditions or who take immunosuppressive medications or therapies might be at increases for severe COVID-19. Data not currently available to establish efficacy and safety of vaccines in these groups. These individuals may still receive the COVID-19 vaccine unless otherwise contraindicated. These individuals should be counseled about A, unknown vaccine safety and efficacy profiles in immunocompromised persons, potential for reduced immune responses, and the need to continue to follow all current guidance to protect themselves against COVID-19. And that this means wearing a mask and social distancing. What about vaccinating pregnant women? There are no data on the safety of COVID-19 vaccine in pregnant women. Animal developmental and reproductive toxicity studies are ongoing. Studies in humans are ongoing and more are planned. Specifically, mRNA vaccines at pregnancy, it must be remembered these are not live vaccines. They are degraded quickly by normal cellular processes and do not enter the nucleus of the cell. COVID-19 and pregnancy, 
There's increased risk of severe illness in pregnancy, ICU admission, mechanical ventilation, and death. There may be increased risk of adverse pregnancy outcomes such as preterm birth in, in when pregnant women are, uh, have COVID-19. If a woman is a part of a group, example, a, a healthcare worker who is recommended to receive COVID-19 vaccine and is pregnant, she may choose to be vaccinated. A discussion with her healthcare provider can help her make an informed decision. What are the considerations for vaccination in pregnant women? The considerations include the level of COVID-19 community transmission, her personal risk of COVID-19 by occupation or other activities, the risk of COVID-19 to her and potential risk to the fetus, the efficacy of a vaccine, the known side effects of the vaccine, and the lack of data about vac vaccination during pregnancy. Pregnant women who experience fever following vaccination should be counseled to take acetaminophen as fever has been associated with adverse pregnancy outcomes. Routine testing for pregnancy prior to receipt of a COVID-19 vaccine is not recommended. What about vaccinating breastfeeding and lactating women? There are no data on the safety of COVID-19 vaccine in lactating women or the effects of mRNA vaccine on breastfed infant or milk production. mRNA vaccines are not considered live virus vaccines and are not thought to be a risk to the breastfeeding infant. If a lactating woman is a part of a group such as healthcare personnel who is recommended to receive a COVID-19 vaccine, she may, be, she may choose to be vaccinated. Counseling patients regarding vaccination. First, reactogenicity. Before vaccination, providers should counsel vaccine recipients about expected local and systemic post-vaccination symptoms. Unless a person develops a contraindication to vaccination, they should be encouraged to complete the series even if they develop post-vaccination symptoms in order to optimize protection against COVID-19. Antipyretic or analgesic medications may be taken for treatment of post-vaccination symptoms. Routine prophylaxis for the purposes of preventing symptoms is not recommended at this time due to lack of information on the impact of use on vaccine-induced antibody responses. What about the efficacy of a vaccine? Two doses are required to achieve high efficacy. Efficacy after second dose is 95%. The confidence interval, the 95% confidence interval is 90.3% to 97.6%. Patients should be counseled on the importance of completing the two-dose series in order to optimize protection. What are the public health recommendations from the CDC for vaccinated persons? Protection from vac vaccine is not immediate. The vaccine is a two-dose series and will take one to two weeks following the second dose to be considered fully vaccinated. Remember, no, per no vaccine is 100% effective, so it's critical they keep wearing the mask and do the social distancing. The CDC recommends given the currently limited information on how well the vaccine works in the general population, how much it may reduce disease, severity or transmission, and how long the protection lasts, 
vaccinated persons should continue to follow all current guidance to protect themselves and others, including A, wearing a mask, B, staying at least six feet away from others, C, avoiding crowds, D, washing hands as often, E, following CDC guidance, F, following quarantine guidance after exposure to someone with COVID-19, and finally, following any applicable workplace or school guidance. What are the contraindications and precautions? Contraindications, package insert, severe allergic reaction, example, anaphylaxis to any component of the vaccine, the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine is a contraindication to vaccination. Appropriate medical therapy is must be used to manage immediate allergic reactions. And they must be immediately available in the event an acute anaphylactic reaction occurs following administration of the vaccine. Because of reports of anaphylactic reactions vaccinated outside of clinical trials, the, the FDA has the following guidance. Persons who have had a severe allergic reaction to any vaccine or injectable therapy, whether IM, IV or subcutaneous, should not receive the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine at this time. Vaccine providers should observe patients after vaccination to monitor for the occurrence of immediate adverse reactions. That is, patients with a history of anaphylaxis for 30 minutes and all other persons for at least 15 minutes. How do you interpret the SARS-CoV-2 test after vaccination? Viral tests prior to the receipt of the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine will not affect the results of the SARS-CoV-2 nucleic acid amplification or antigen test. What about the antibody test? Currently available antibody tests for SARS-CoV-2 assess IgM and or IgG to spike or nucleocaspid proteins. The Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine contains mRNA that encodes the spike protein. Thus, a positive test for spike protein IMI IgG would indicate either prior inf infection or vaccination. To evaluate the evidence of prior infection in an individual with a history of Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccination, a test specific specifically evaluating IMI IgG IgG IgIM or IgG to the nucleocaspid protein should be utilized. The Pfizer-BioNTech uh, vaccine requires storage and shipping at ultra-low temperatures, 90, minus 94 degrees Fahrenheit. Once thawed, these vaccines are stable in the fridge for 24 hours or for two hours at room temperature. Due to the stringent cold temperature requirement, Freezer farms are currently being built for vaccine storage and distribution. However, many hospitals, particularly in those in rural areas, may not have ultra-low temperature freezers, which could create inequities in distributing the vaccine. Pfizer is reported to be developing special shipping containers to meet these potential logistical challenges. Physicians, remember we take the flu vaccine every year and its efficacy is only 40 to 60%. This vaccine's efficacy is greater than 90%. However, our concerns are 
side effects. We do not know the long-term side effects. But in the short term, the benefits outweigh the risks. Uh, every physician should take the vaccine as a role model if there are no other contraindications and encourage their patients to take it and to wear the mask and continue social distancing after they receive the vaccination. As we get more data, as the pandemic evolves, we should be able to make a more informed decision on the benefits and risks of vaccination. This podcast is derived from the ACIP COVID-19 vaccine uh, work group uh, of the CDC. It was uh, authored by Sarah Mabi, MD, MPH, and dated December 12, 2020. Another very important uh, resource is an article in Jack Cardiovascular Translational Research. The authors include Dr. Lynn, MD, PhD, Dr. Robert Meacham, PhD, and Dr. Douglas Elman, MD. It's titled RNA Vaccines for COVID-19, Five Things Every Cardiologist Should Know, but it's a paper for every physician. It's uh, available in JAC, that's the Journal of the American College of Cardiology, Basic to Translational Science 2020. It's in a it's in a pre-proof form. I wrap this podcast by encouraging everyone to continue to social distance and continuing the mask mandate. We are all in this together.